Welcome to America's Horse on America's Trail with the Mustang Discovery Ride. I'm your host, Julianne Neal. With a goal of 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs, the Mustang Discovery Ride team hopes to bring attention to adoption into appropriate homes for these living legends. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the second half of our recent episode of Lisanne's Troubles on the Trail. From the necessity of purchasing a new truck and trailer setup to putting on her game face, it hasn't been an easy ride lately. Tune in to hear how Lisanne and the team have been able to keep riding down the road. They gave me the space and the days and the time to go get uh, a sport truck and trailer. And so that, I mean, that, that was like an epic, epic saga within itself, but it also like, you know, I was a little stressed out about the whole Caillou deal um, still. And so uh, Caillou, again, is my service dog. And so he was able to fly with me. And it was so good to, like, have that one-on-one time with him um, flying home. So I, I was really happy to have that. Uh, and that was a whirlwind of a trip. I mean, we, I caught a red-eye flight. David had driven me to the airport, caught a red-eye flight uh, back to Salt Lake, caught a hitched a ride with some family members uh, from Salt Lake up to Wyoming. Uh I had seen a whole bunch of people along the way. That's another big, long Facebook post that I did. Uh, <laughs> people can catch up with that. And then, um, yeah, I traded in a car. My car that I had had uh, was like my grandma's car. And then it was my aunt and uncle's car. And so like there's that sentimental value a little oh, bit. But I traded it in to be able to put the down payment on in on the truck. And uh, my options were very limited because I could only buy a truck that already had a hitch a ball in the bed of it so I can hook onto my trailer immediately and uh I'm really not a Dodge fan ever at all and uh but now I'm driving a Dodge and I and I own a Dodge that's the crazier part of the story and I never ever thought I would but desperate times call for desperate measures uh the new truck's name is Yeti Pearl she's very she's been a very good truck so far I don't like to admit how much I like that truck um yeah but then I I hooked on and I drove straight back through to Illinois uh with my trailer and then got back to Illinois and again uh had to suck suck it up you know you have to kind of put your game face on and maybe that's a lot of why I'm wearing a lot more makeup here lately I feel like I have to you know put that war paint on to be able to do all of these things now these days um but yeah uh I got there at like six in the morning loaded up the horses and then trailered the horses to wherever we were supposed to do the speech that day and then uh, I gave one of my more emotional speeches that I've ever given in front of, uh, you know, 7,500 people or whatever that was there. Uh, but, you know, there's just so much emotion around everything, but it really talked about like how incredible, incredible the horses are. So, um, and you know, that that's kind of how you get people involved in things is, you know, you bring, bring their hearts, their hearts into it as well. And so, um, yeah, that was great. And then the next day we rode with some veterans and uh from from david's movie uh mustang saviors and so that was really cool that all of that lined up but uh, i think that's a lot of where i'm at mentally right now it's like you know there's so much good going on with all these other people coming in and enjoying the ride but like there just hasn't been any time or space for like me to be alone to process and like grieve through everything that's happened um you know another great thing about going on that trip home really fast was uh, i got to see my cats and one, one last time. And, uh, I just didn't know that was going to be the case, but I'm really happy that I went home. Even if it was like the quickest 72 hours of my life. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And to have that time by yourself too, to, to think, you know, even though it was like you said, a short time, but, and two, to me, it just sounds like having your own truck and trailer and being able to, and to know that that's there and you don't have to worry, you know, you've got a, you've got a safety net or whatever with that. So that's a, that was critical for you at that point. It sounds like. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that like, there's no way that that can be taken away now. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's one big major thing that, that can be prevented because that, that left me in a really tight spot. I mean, you showed up right after we had lost the truck trailer uh, there at Cave and Rock and mm-hmm. just the rest of that month was, it was so hard. And um, yeah, it was so hard not having that, that security net, uh, especially like when you need it um, yeah. Yeah. most. And so, yeah, that, that was really hard. But now like that, that's secured. Um, I will say, you know, now I'm not sleeping in my tent every night along the trail, but, uh, I have the luxury of air conditioning, um, in my horse trailer whenever I can plug it in. Uh, but with that being said, like I've had people in my trailer most every night, uh, mm-hmm. sleeping with me, like down low on the other, the other bunks down there, uh, sure. because they want to be out of the air conditioning too. So, uh, in some ways I kind of miss sleeping in my tent every night because at least I was alone, um, <laughs> versus my trailer. I've now had to share my trailer, but it's so hot here. Uh, I don't understand why anyone lives in the Midwest. I mean, the hospitality is great, but the humidity is awful. <laughs> oh, I understand. I'm in South Carolina and it's 104 today with the humidity. So I, I understand completely. It's, it's miserable, just miserable. So nope. yeah, I want to do that. Well, so with all of that said, yeah, and and with all of that said, I mean, I I cannot even understand myself how how all of that affected everybody on the team, everybody that's there with you. But thank God you had the right people in place at the right time, and 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 all of them played a part. So, and then now moving forward, I guess the issue is you got a deadline still because the Mustangs to Moab ride and Karen Hardy and all of that being part now of the adventure. So is that also, I mean, we, we really on the podcast anyway, we've been all happy and yay, this has been so great. And every episode, there's been all this exciting, wonderful stuff. And so I think it's important that people realize it ain't all bells and whistles and it's not all happy, happy the whole way. And and you've talked about hard things before, but this I think has been the hardest. I, I truly believe. But so now does that put extra pressure on you to try to hit a mark in Utah by a certain date. How are you feeling about that? Um, I mean, I'm excited to see Karen. Uh, Karen's kind of been like my, my trail mom on the trip. She's just so awesome because, you know, uh, there's just so few people who actually know or can relate to like what, what happens on the trail on the day to day. And just like the frustrations, um, between things, you know, uh, but no one else really truly understands until they've embarked on something incredible, like something as intense and incredible as this. And, uh, Karen, you know, like she did the big, uh, European trip previously, uh, with her daughter. And, um, so she already had a long ride under her belt before this one that she started now. And she had a lot of previous experiences that uh, she shared with Hannah and I, before we ever even left for this trip. And uh, ever since then, I mean, Karen's just been kind of like the, like my role model is in terms of like long riders where I can just like pick up the phone and call anytime. And, uh, you know, she actually took care of pistachio too. And uh, her husband is watching my mare salt. Um, so Karen, Karen's been there for me in more ways than one. She's just super awesome. And 
uh, in some ways, like I'm excited to get through Colorado. Um, Colorado sounds like it's going to be really intense in terms of just uh, the amount of people and logistics joining in this and that and the events and everything going on. And so I'm excited for Utah uh, to see Karen and uh, also have Colorado behind me. So, um, yeah, we're, we're checking off the states pretty fast now. Um, we'll be in Kansas uh, about 10 days from now. So I'm excited. Um, I mean, I think that's the eighth state of the trip, uh, which is kind of oh. crazy to think about. But like, you know, it, it, the mentality is so different from like last winter when we were stuck in West Virginia for so yes. long. Um, <laughs> yeah so it's it's good to it's good to like be on the move even with all all of the things happening um yeah I mean I'm just excited with like where the ball is going and rolling and uh, I think that's what keeps me going and motivated on a lot of days when uh you know like I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to face whatever the day might have to throw at me um but these mustangs you know they continue to like re-inspire me every day and like they just keep me going and uh, you know, I have to do this for them. I mean, they've done so much for me. And uh, with that being said, like, I want to see more of those relationships ignite across America with everyone who adopts a, a wild horse. Um, you know, there's so much potential there for them, for them to have these incredible journeys and connections and bonds uh, with these animals. And so, and I want to see that I want to see more of that come to fruition. And I mean, so this journey in a lot of ways, even though it's very hard, uh, sometimes it, it's very self-fulfilling and uh, that that is something that really keeps keeps a person going. Oh, definitely. Well, and, you know, you asked about the California trip at the beginning of the call and there there are three. I was at Equine Empowered Therapy at Hit, Hole in the Sky Ranch. They call it Hitski with Mike Dunn and his team. And um, I was there as as part of this project just to see in in person the work that they're doing between veterans and Mustangs. And so there are three there on the property that they just got in. And Clay McDermott is the tip trainer that's working with those guys. And so just for, just for people to have a real understanding, which I didn't have of that whole tip training process and what all you do to get a horse ready. And so that it's not just showing up at a thing and adopting a horse and you go home and you don't know what you're doing. Um, I, I think all of that for just your everyday horse person who's never dealt with Mustangs which was me when all this started it's it's that question of how do you make it happen successfully so that you're not turning right around and looking for a new home for for your mustang when it's when it doesn't work out or whatever but so that was an important thing for me but that was three mike said you count these three because they're two burrows and uh think a three-year-old that were there. And he said, so add that to the 5,000. So we got to, got to figure out where they fit into the mix. But so you can, you can know that you've added three more to it from that. But, but the other thing I wanted to tell you about and, and ask you about is Susan De Silva is going to pick up and do some filming all the way through Colorado. She's going to be the filmmaker for that area. And she's really excited about sitting down with us and maybe another, maybe in a couple of days, we'll do another podcast call to plan out, map out, and for her to know what your routines are, what you prefer your routines to be anyway, so that she can kind of help make some opportunities where you don't have to knock on doors every night. Um, she can set you up with meals and with places to stay and all that kind of stuff. And so she's very excited to be on board and I can't wait for y'all to have a conversation to, um, to meet up. You met her in, in Colorado, actually at Rocky mountain. So um, you didn't, I, I thought did you not. had a chance to talk. Okay. She left the day before I got into Denver. 
Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So not um, yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well, she's a bundle of energy and um, is gung ho for this, this whole experience. But she, I mean, her questions are the same ones that I had in the beginning of what are the logistics? If she comes in with you for a month, does she have to have a tent and do you have room for her GoPro or her whatever in the trailer? You know, all those things that, that the newbies probably want to know before they join <laughs> up. So, so anyway, we'll set yeah. up a time for you to talk to her. So it'll be yeah, good. I think the number one thing when people join me on this ride is like, you know, every everyone wants to have a plan and they want they want to know exactly what's going to happen and everything. And I, I, I mean, I think the number one thing with this trip is you just can't have a plan. Like as soon as you have a plan, that shit goes out the window and like yeah. you have to readapt and recalculate and reorganize. And so um, adaptability and flexibility is the number one thing I tell people. Like I'm like. I don't know. Just be prepared for anything. Like maybe you're sleeping in a tent. Maybe you sleep in the trailer with me. I don't know what's happening. Maybe we're sleeping on someone's floor in their garage in front of a cool fireplace. I don't know. You just <laughs> never know what's happening on this trail. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's the number one thing is there, there's so many planners out there and for the planners, it's not the trip, uh, maybe for you because yeah, you just have to roll with the punches. I mean, sometimes literal punches, unfortunately more physically than metaphorically but um mm. yeah i mean it's just this trail is really really crazy um but i think it it opens up a lot of people's minds to like what what they're capable of and um just everything a human can do in their life and i think uh you know sometimes we really get into the rut and like sticking to the plan and we're kind of like working through it and we don't really see outside of those trenches of like what's possible what we're all capable of um and so in a way, I think this is, this is really good for the planner types to come and just learn to be a little more flexible and adaptable along the way. So uh, it's, it's been really fun um, to get to know that. But I think also uh, there's just a lot of basic human survival that we take so much for granted in our daily lives. I mean, the other day when Caillou got bit, I mean, we didn't have food, we didn't have water, um, we didn't have like a lot of like basic necessities. I mean... Um, and going back to just surviving, uh, you know, like where you're just focused on food, shelter, water for mm -hmm. horses, dogs, and humans. That's, that's my whole life. Every single day is food, shelter, water, horses, humans. And, the, and it's generally in that order. I usually always make sure my horses are taken care of first and then, and then my dogs. And then finally, you know, like we, we get to do whatever after that. Um, but it, it's, it's it's so good to get back almost to those basics. We aren't worried about, you know, like your credit score in the next five years or whatever, and how that's <laughs> going to affect this and that. And uh, it's just so simple and like in a way mind, mind cleansing um, to go on an adventure like this, even though it's really exhausting some days. So yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of really good to it um, that's come from it. So. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and you've, you've talked a little bit about Katrina and we've talked about David. I just want to say one of my favorite things so far and in the past couple of weeks anyway, was David sent me some of the footage of y'all crossing the bridge. And what I've loved hearing about and seeing from some of Lisa's footage is him tooling around on the skateboard. So what a different perspective to get that type of footage and, and all too. And then I'm guessing is Katrina usually driving the truck. She's driving the support vehicle along behind. Yeah. So Katrina has been driving the support vehicle, um, but David's even wrangled her in a couple of times to uh, man one of the cameras. So uh, Katrina's definitely on the adventure of her lifetime. Uh, she just finished her master's in sociology. 
Um, and so she, and she just always wanted to go on adventure, uh, but she was actually supposed to start a job. So the reason why she had shown up at the trailhead was she wanted to go on like one last camping trip before she started this big, you know, eight to five job. What a and, doozy uh, she picked. She, huh? <laughs> I know. And then, uh, you know, she gets roped into the whole chaos on like some of the worst parts of the trip. And she decides that, you know, she's going to quit her brand new job and just hit the road with us. So uh, <laughs> kudos to her. I was just telling yeah. her last night how, how much mad respect I have for her because so many people say that they want to come on this ride and this journey with me. Uh, so many people but so very, very few actually do and like actually follow through. And, you know, I really want to inspire more people to follow through, but uh, I have a whole hell of a lot more respect for anyone who like says they're going to do something big and crazy like that and actually follow jump through. In. So uh, yeah. kudos to her. And she's really diving in. She had never like really touched a horse before. She's from like downtown Chicago as well. Um and she's just the most enthusiastic person ever uh, to like go pick up poop or uh, move hay or whatever because she wants that physical body workout. And uh, she's she's just uh, she's really a good addition to the trip that I was never expecting or planning on. And so I'm really happy that Katrina's here with us right now. So um, yeah, she's just been a great addition to the team. So yeah. Well, I love first of all that that's your message and that it has developed into that fight your fear and jump in and do it, follow your dreams. I mean, that you're the prime example of somebody who's doing that right now. So I, I think that's pretty special. So are they sitting with you on the other side of the table? Are they close? No, um, no? I was hoping no, you could turn uh, the camera around, we could see them, but we'll catch them next time maybe i'd love to see them yeah, katrina's actually running to go get some buckets that i left behind at a previous stop a couple of days ago they were just found and then uh yeah david uh I, I may or may not have said i needed a little bit of a time without a camera in my face uh but here we are with the camera in my face. i was gonna say here we are with that uh, yeah i was i was like david doesn't need to cover the camera on the camera thing right yeah. now so yeah. Yeah. uh that, that was kind of my thought process is again like back to uh supporting my own mental health I kind of need to yeah. take a little space and breather here and there um but yeah so I'm, it's just you and me right now in in a coffee Good. shop with yeah. other people around looking yeah. at me uh yeah getting well, excited talking to the computer here <laughs> well thank you for sharing all of that because I I knew it was traumatic but I didn't really have that visual in my head until you described it and now um I I think I think it's going to be an eye opener for it was for me. And I know it will be for a lot of other people, too. So for everybody who does see this before the film comes out, then um, don't don't tell anybody what else happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that to the yeah. audience. Yeah, y'all don't tell because this will be special. But no, it's um it's all part of it. And I do agree with you. I think you have to you have to process because. You know, it's one thing to make a movie. It's one thing to have a docuseries. It's one thing to do all that stuff. But first and foremost, your mental health needs to be the priority. So however that needs to happen, we'll make it happen. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and it, and it's hard too because I, I feel like anytime I take time for me, like I'm being very selfish and this whole trip is uh, publicly funded along the way. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that my horses are always taken care of. And so is the crew. And so I recognize like in a lot of ways I put my needs last and, uh, yeah. So it's good for me to take a day here and there and, you know, read a book or, uh, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's just hard to find that balance between everything on the trail here and everyone. Um, 
but luckily I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are very understanding and uh, they've been helping me through it. And, and, you know, me finally admitting that I'm not in the best place too, because I think that was a lot of it as well as I was just taking it uh, until I like could make it essentially. And I was just barely making it every day and like dropping the ball in a lot of areas. And so um, I'm really happy to be around uh, some people who have been really understanding of uh, my shortcomings here, here lately. So um, yeah, just, just really grateful just to have an entire team around us, whether that's you or Lisa, and, you know, all the people that are behind the scenes and aren't physically here as well too. So that, that's really great. So thanks for all that you've been doing. And it's great that you're traveling and getting more and gaining more and contributing more to the trip too. I mean, this is a greater, bigger message of getting more Mustangs adopted. And, uh, one thing that I do want to say too, is, uh, people keep asking me what, I, what I'm going to do after the trip, you know, now that I'm like over the halfway mark and they're like, Oh, she might actually make it you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're definitely uh, going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I think people have their doubts a little bit more. And now that I've crossed the Mississippi, they're like, ah, okay, maybe, maybe she can do it the rest of the yeah. way. Um, but with that being said, you know, I'm currently riding right now for 5,000 Mustangs. Uh, but I think it's such a small number now. Like my, my mind is growing and like, I'm able to think and expand a little bit more and uh, 5,000 is such a small number. And so in the scheme of things and talking horse terms, you know, like, like the millions of quarter horses that are out there are off the track thoroughbreds or thoroughbreds in general, uh, 50,000 Mustangs is actually very small. That's not really very many animals. And, um, and in the general deal of everything, I mean, I worked on a, a feedlot in Nebraska that had 25,000 cows there, and that was only half of all the Mustangs. Uh, mm-hmm. that are available for adoption. And so with that being said, I mean, long-term where I want to take my foundation is uh, I want to eliminate long-term holding and I want to make owning a Mustang something exclusive, like something that's hard to do because like there's just not enough of them to go around. And I think that's mm-hmm. very possible. And I'm very excited about the programs that are coming into place where they're taking and training Mustangs and they're harmonizing the human and horse aspect of like therapy and different things. And uh, there's so many people out there that would love to own a Mustang if it was trained, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. everyone needs to go get a completely wild animal. And so I'm really excited to be inspiring more trainers and also helping put together more programs along the way, uh, where we can actually like put trained horses out into the world. Um, with that being said, I, you know, I'm like one of the biggest trainer fails. Cause as soon as I train something, I absolutely love it and I never want to get rid of it. Uh, but that's why I need to inspire other people to train horses and like, maybe they're a little bit more hard and not as soft as me and they're willing to let them go. So, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see those programs coming together. And I, I really do think long-term, like we can eliminate long-term holding. And, uh, I, I do think that like horses will still have to be rounded up the excess horses out there in the wild. And, uh, I think it would be cool if it was like hard to get a Mustang because, you know, like everyone wants a Mustang and, uh, I see that coming true. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of what keeps me going every day is like, now I am over the Mississippi and like this trail will end at some point. And, uh, but long-term, you know, I think it's possible to uh, eliminate all 50,000, uh, horses and holding and have them all in good and loving homes. So I'm really excited to, uh, see that happen And 5,000 is just a drop in the bucket. So just planting those little seeds every day. And I'm excited to see them grow and grow in the future. Absolutely. And I, I agree 100%. And anything we can do, Bruce and I, that's the reason I'm in this project with you, because that's that's been our belief, the, the horse-human connection and all of the potential that's there for us to help each other. So I can see you have a bright future ahead. 
And um, (laughs) I think you're going to do good. You're doing great things already. You're going to do even more. So, and with that, I'm going to stop because you need some Lisanne time. And (laughs) while, while I'm loving talking, well, while I'm loving talking to you, I realize completely that this puts a camera right in your face. So why don't, why don't you have a wonderful rest of your day and, um, and we'll catch up later. All right. If you'd like to know more about the ride, please visit www.mustangdiscovery.com. If you'd like to support the upcoming documentary or docu-series, please visit jamediaconnections.com. We really do appreciate your support.